some of those words from that hymn, again, that we just sang the, uh, towards the end of the second verse, it talked about uh, sinless lamb and fallen creature, one last paschal meal to eat, one last lesson as their teacher, washing your disciples' feet. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus. Amen. Our scripture, that from John chapter 13, where Jesus said, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. As I have loved you, so you also shall love one another. What is um, so new about the commandment to love? Is this the first time that God's people have been told to love? In fact, is it not true that the summary of the entire Ten Commandments can be summed up in one, dare I say, four-letter word that starts with L? Love. Isn't that what Deuteronomy 6 verses 4 and 5 says? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your might. And then in Leviticus it says, love your neighbor as yourself. That's what the law is. It's not a set of commands that say you shouldn't and you shouldn't and the point is to get people in trouble. No, the, the fulfillment of the law is to love. So when Jesus says to his disciples on Monday, Thursday, a new commandment I give you, love one another, what is he talking about? And what's so new about love? One of the things that separates Christian denominations one from another, especially in the case of of us Lutherans, is the fact that we have a tendency to look at scriptures and do so wisely to tell the difference between what is called law and gospel. And the law, of course, is that which tells us what we should or shouldn't do. The gospel is that which tells us what God has done for us. On Monday, Thursday, you have the most dramatic examples of both law and gospel going on at the same time. And I believe it has led some to ultimately be confused about what the distinction between law and gospel is. Because on the one hand you have Jesus who is playing the role of the sinless Lamb of God just as the Passover Lamb was whose blood would be shed to mark the hearts of his believers that we can enjoy that gift of the Lord's Supper The greatest act of gospel you can imagine. Jesus giving himself in our place to take away our sins. And yet, at the same time you have this Jesus giving the most 
wonderful command of the law to love one another just as Jesus had loved them. What would it be like if we could actually do it? If we could actually love one another as Jesus loved us? How different would our lives be? How different would our worlds be? If when confronted with any situation and any person, we would respond in the love of Jesus. Even if it was someone who didn't like us or who had done some mean and even terrible, horrible things to us, but yet we responded with love. In obedience to Jesus. What if we had, let's call it the gift of obedience to always do what Jesus wanted us to do? That would be fascinating, wouldn't it? To always do what you're supposed to do, to always obey. Can we even imagine what that would be like? Well, take a look at this. Ella Frell, I give you the gift of obedience. Now go to sleep. Now, wake up. I made your favorite. So dig in and stuff your face. I'm going to get forks. But she never stopped fighting to have things her way. Ella, come practice your mandolin. Fine, but I'll take my own sweet time doing it. Hurry up now. No! As she struggled to find a way out of her gift. Just admit you're stupid and don't know what you're talking about. I'm stupid and I don't know what I'm talking about. Ella? Anyway, uh, in conclusion. Hold your tongue, Ella. Hello. <laughs> My tongue itches. <laughs> yes, well, hop to it then, both of you. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen that movie. It's called Ella Enchanted, and it's a, a spin-off, a play off of the... Uh, the uh, fairy tale of Cinderella, of course. And uh, Ella, as you saw from one of her fairy godmothers, was given the, quote, gift of obedience, and she had to obey everything that was commanded of her. Wow, wouldn't it be great if our kids had that gift? But as you see, that gift of obedience, as the story plays out, was actually turned out to be a curse because those who didn't have her best interest in mind would command her to do things that were not in her best interest now imagine the gift of obedience 
Have you ever wondered why it was that when God created the world and he created Adam and Eve and he knew full well that they would fall into sin and that as a result of that the world would be plunged into endless issues of tragedy, of sorrow, of death, destruction? Have you wondered why was it that God gave them their choice? Why didn't God just make them like Ella, that they would only obey and thus be spared from all of the the stuff that this world and we experience today. Well, as much as we may think the gift of obedience could be a wonderful thing, what satisfaction, what glory, what benefit would it be to God to have nothing but automatons or robots who always did what they were told without thinking, without choosing, and without love. You see, God's gift of choice for his creatures is perhaps one of the greatest examples of his love for us. Knowing full well that we would and that we do choose not to obey him on so many occasions. In fact, it could be said that instead of having the gift of obedience and being a slave to obedience, you and I, because of our sinful human nature, could be seen as being slaves to sin. Do we have to work at disobeying God? Do we have to put extra effort into doing what only benefits ourselves instead of our neighbor? Unfortunately, no. It comes very natural to us. We are slaves to that sin. So what is it that Jesus gives to his disciples this new commandment when he says love one another other than the newness of what Jesus demonstrates in those moments and in the hours to come when he would give his very own life. When he would wash their feet when he would willingly suffer in their place, when he would be betrayed by a friend, when he would be scorned and mocked and tortured and hung on a tree, when he would pray for the forgiveness of those who had committed this atrocious injustice. 
when he would pray for you and for me, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. It is only in light of his incredible love for his disciples and for us that he now gives the new commandment for us to love one another. Not because we have to. Not because we have no choice to. But because he has loved us. Spoiler alert for Ella Enchanted, for those of you who are going to run out and watch it on Netflix or wherever. Towards the end of the movie, she tries to get the, the fairy godmother to take back the gift. Apparently that's the only way it can be retracted. And that fairy godmother wasn't willing to. The fairy godmother said, you get rid of it yourself. And it was only through what she experienced as, quote, true love that she was able to resist and not obey a terrible command that had been given to her. That's a fairy tale. But it was only through Jesus' true love to you and me that we have been set free from the slavery to sin so that we no longer have to do what sin tells us, but can willingly do what Christ bids us. To love one another. And as we share this meal this evening, this sacred, this holy, wonderful, sacramental meal, and as we receive his very body and blood, it is his love which pours into us that enables us then to love as he has loved us. In Jesus' name, amen. And now may the peace of God which passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus.